what we're talking about today, these episodes, I didn't like them that much. Um, yeah, neither did I. They're terrible. Okay, good. <laughs> In the beginning, I wanted to ask you something. Of course. Why? How? Why did you do this to me? How do I deserve this? <laughs> I am so sorry. <laughs> I did something that I usually never do, which is uh, message you while I'm record while I'm watching the <laughs> the episodes, and I ask you the same question, and yeah. because because I couldn't believe it. Of all the characters to come back, it's Clovis. Can you believe it? No, you literally just said you can't believe it. It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and I don't. There's no justification for it. Um, I don't know what they were thinking, to be honest, bringing Clovis, of all people, back. Obviously, they wanted to highlight more of the f fractures in their relationship between Padme and Anakin. Yeah. Um, I think, obviously, these episodes feel very disjointed and not connected because the season was never finished. And from my understanding is that this season was meant to to lead towards episode three, right? To lead towards foreshadowing. And this these episodes do do that, right? They foreshadow something else that's that might happen, right? With Anakin in particular. Um and it just like it just doesn't work, I would say. I find them very boring, all of them really. Um Yeah, it's just not a good quality episodes. I am just, I'm sorry that we had to go through this, but we're here to talk about the good and the bad. Um, yeah, and it's one of these things where if it was a full season, it would still be annoying, but it's like, yeah, fine. It's like three episodes out of like 22 or whatever. But because it's just 13 episodes and those are three of them, it's just... It's like why, like no, this is, you could you could have used that way better. Yeah, well, it's annoying because you know these are just ha the episodes they happen to have done by the time that they canceled everything. So it obviously wasn't an intentional thing, given the fact that if they had, if you told them, you have thirteen episodes, go, as opposed to you are in the progress of making a twenty-two episode season and then you are cut in half halfway through it's a different process obviously uh, and that's the only rationale that i could give towards why these episodes are so bad um or just really give no extra value sadly to us as the viewer i will say this on paper i liked some of the plot points just the execution was very boring um, actually, this time, I kind of didn't mind the relationship stuff, especially beca because you can see the uh, the dark side in Anakin so strongly. And that's something that I personally liked. Um, how to what lengths he goes um, and what a toxic relationship that is, you know, where, where he... I mean, we'll get into it, but when he, like, is... Literally saying, like, I forbid you from doing this and that. And she's like, excuse me? You can't forbid me anything, asshole. Yeah, I kind of like that. And I like Batman's, yeah, let's take a break or whatever. <laughs> It's like, oh, that's never a good sign. 
Yeah, right. Um, I was interested by... I mean, yeah, that's actually a very good point because it does like highlight the further he goes down in towards the dark side, then the worse his toxicity in the relationship will be, which then foreshadows why he ends up choking her to death, basically. Yeah. On on Mustafar. If you're go- if you're that type of person, you're either going to attack the purse like the other person or your partner. And in here he Anakin chose the other person, aka Clovis, but in uh, the third movie, he chooses Padme. Not out of jealousy necessarily, but still. Out of anger. Right, jealousy fuels anger, and it's about you. How do you direct it? Right. Yeah, there was there was kind of a subplot thought about at some point where it's like a love triangle thing of like Obi Wan and Padme having an affair, apparently, but that what? didn't come to fruition. Yeah, that that was one of the ideas that Padme and Obi Wan would have an affair, and you know Anakin would find out, and that's what makes him turn to the dark side. He kills Padme. He wants to kill Obi Wan. All of these things, and I guess in the, in in that option, it would have been an interesting question, like who is the father of Luke and Leia? Well, all right, interesting. Well, all right then, that's that's a thing. What I was gonna say is one of the things that is also on paper good to talk about, and maybe it's just me who likes this. Is I like delving into how the financing or the economics of the war works. Surprising no it, one. Exactly. The execution of it is less less ideal, less than ideal. Um, but having a window into, all right, how does this war, how is this war financed is very interesting to me because when we get in episode eight of the films, mm. we get a window into who makes money from the war, right? But we don't necessarily get a window is where does the money end up start start from? Where does it come from? And that might be, you know, not interesting to most people, but Scipio, I thought to a certain extent was supposed to be like an allusion to Switzerland in some ways. Oh, like, so, so strongly. <laughs> yeah. Um, was clearly, you know, very, very, extremely important, but it's still, so there's so many things that are left to be desired from watching these episodes in terms of, I just want to know more with more clarity some things that were just not as clear. They focus so much on Clovis in particular that I really didn't. I wasn't interested in his backstory or whatever. <sighs> um, that stuff was Clovis and Padme. Whenever they were together, that was a nightmare. Um, whenever Anakin came in, it was just, the jealousy thing was interesting, or like the anger thing was interesting. But um, and I one thing that I did like, I liked the way that. Dooku set up Clovis. Mm-hmm. I found that like, oh yeah, shit, he really has nothing that he can do. He's a fucking idiot to start with. But he was just set up from the beginning. And it was a good once you realize at the end, spoiler alert, that the plan is to put the banking clans under the Chancellor's control, then things get interesting, I feel. But with all that said, there's a lot. There's a lot on paper that would be interesting to just explore, but how it then kind of comes to fruition is question. Or doesn't. <laughs> or doesn't yeah. come to fruition, yeah. Yeah, and it's it's kind of a testament to what a shitty character Clovis is that you can see him 
going through the process of being set up and then being caught. And I mean, I don't know about you, but I just didn't care at all at any point. I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't feel sorry for him at all. Not one bit. I feel like Clone Wars, this is your sixth season. You should be better than this. Where they have this sloppy attempt to insert like a touching backstory for Clovis. I was like, where is this coming from? Like, you're just having like a info dump for a minute to make him more relatable or something like that. And it's like, it's not, it doesn't work like that. It's so interesting to me. Like, what made them think that this was a good idea? Mm. Like, clearly, I mean, the first half, the first few episodes of this season, so the, the episodes we talked about last time, I think were good. They're not great, but they were good. Yeah. And then it just falls off a cliff with these episodes. I wonder whether maybe the um, the scripts, because you mentioned the uh, whole production history of this season, maybe the scripts were in the final draft. Let's put it that way. Maybe the scripts to those ep these episodes in particular were in, at a very early stage and they didn't have the resources to workshop it some more. Yeah, maybe. You have no idea, to be honest. Yeah. All right. So we have a three-episode arc here, episodes five through seven. And in it, Padme goes to Scipio to negotiate a new loan with the banking clan. And surprise, surprise, as we've talked about a bunch, Clovis is there inexplicably. And she eventually, with Clovis's help, infiltrates the vault to try to uncover some corruption in the banking clan and is arrested for espionage. Anakin shows up with R2, of course, and they are chased by our favorite bounty hunter, Ambo, and eventually are saved by Anakin. With the evidence that they capture from Scipio, they go back to Coruscant to discuss what to do with the Chancellor and the Jedi Council. There, on Coruscant, there is just a lot, lot of whining by Anakin, <laughs> and eventually Anakin and Clovis fight. Anakin almost goes to the point of killing Clovis. And as a result of this fight, Anakin and Padme have their own little spat and decide to take a short break. Dooku shows up and tries to blackmail or sets up Clovis by giving him the more evidence that he needs to indict the leaders of the banking clan. And then at the end of the episode... Clovis ends up as ends up being appointed as the head of the banking clan. In episode seven, we go back to Scipio and Clovis gets his power officially in a weird transition of power, which really made no sense. And Dooku then shows up again, asking for the interests on the Republic to be raised and his interests to essentially go to zero. I mean, we all saw that coming. Let's be honest. Mm. Right after that, the Separatists attack and control Scipio and the Chancellor reveals his plan to put the banks under his control. The Republic then attacks Scipio to liberate it from control of the Separatists and the Separatists retreat. In the process of this attack, Clovis dies and the banks, as Palpatine's plan was all along, get voted to be under the control of the Chancellor. Dun dun dun! Uh, Sidious's cape was just like on point. It was like <laughs> it never moved. It was perfect. Yeah, it's... it's so ridiculous. <laughs> uh, 
And it's like, it doesn't even just cover his entire face. It can cover the no. bottom half of his nose and all the way down. But Yeah. And I feel like he has such a distinct nose and jawline. It's like so obvious who it is. Can't they just do like facial matching to find the same jawline? <laughs> right? <laughs> just do that once and you know it. Oh. So, but, uh, you know, starting in the beginning, I was really happy to see Ambo. Me too. Unfortunately, he doesn't play a huge role. It's like sad that he can't fix this um, episode. No, he's trying. Because he's, he's a badass. <laughs> he is so badass. And I, I, every time he's like skating or snowboarding or whatever on his, on his like uh, hat, it's just great. Though, though at the end, like when they were going through the like ice, I was like, what is this? Cool runnings? <laughs> I don't know how to like explain why i like ambo and mm. why every time he's on the screen it's just he's just so cool and smooth and i think it's partially like the characters we that don't speak we just like it's like the silent but deadly character i love though like i mean that's immediately juxtaposed with like clovis's entry and you're just like Fuck. Yeah. and then when <laughs> it's so funny when anakin, not when, anakin when clovis shows up to padme's room and she pulls the gun on him i was just half hoping that she would just shoot him right there yeah that was great but actually like the scene right before when they first meet i was really cheering on padme or like you go girl when he's like when she's like no i'm not working with him and just leaves the room i was like yep that's how you that's mic drop right there yeah it's too bad she couldn't but for some reason she just turns like 180 degrees and just literally makes no sense like seriously fuck this guy yeah, and all this, like, A, it's super creepy that he, like, breaks into her chamber from the balcony and is like, you know that that's not, like, a cool thing to do, right? <laughs> and then, yeah, let's go to my residence. There's more privacy there. It's like, oh, God. Yeah, when he said the word privacy like that, I was like, holy shit. And it was obviously, it was so obvious and a setup for Anakin showing up later. Oh, yeah, clearly. Why couldn't they have just found another way for them to like build some dis- like discontent in their relationship? Like it could have been anything. Yeah, you know, halfway through, I was really questioning whether Clovis is actually um, planning a bank heist and just using Padme. I would have uh, much preferred that. <laughs> yeah, than him being some like misunderstood. Yeah, he just wants to help the poor banking clan people. They have it so hard. Yeah, the mutants have it so hard by controlling the world, the universe's financial like flow. Yes. Exactly. But going back to an earlier point that you made about the financial system, I think this, these episodes or like this episode in particular, in particular, raises the question of like what even is debt, and loans, and like money, and uh, kind of. I mean, I, maybe it's not very explicit, but it's like, it's just numbers that people trust in that uh, you know that gives them power in a way but it's just like yeah what even is money well the thing is in this episode it's just unclear how it works in this system yeah. and like how can they just change terms of contracts like that it's like okay our interest is zero now we're not going to pay interest well clearly if there is no enforcement of that then there is anyone can do what they like and it's effectively everyone is they're powerless if they can't 
sort of um, stop any party from just not paying interest or not paying their debts back. And then it's just like unclear why and how they're allowed to operate independently like this whole time up until now. Like it just makes, to be honest, it just makes no sense. Yeah. I would also really like to know what the, uh, the currency is based on. Like, is it, I don't know. The only two things that just came to mind that I know are kind of valuable in the Star Wars universe are spice and kyber crystals. <laughs> Like, is there <laughs> such a thing as a spice standard or how does it work? I doubt it. I doubt this. Yeah, sort of I doubt it too. But it's like, what else could it be? I'm more interested in what, what, because the roles of the banking clan and the trade federation are supposed to be these two independent bodies that can act between the two sides of the war so they can keep the commerce going. Right. Mm. But it clearly seems that that's, they're just like, they're portrayed as evil or manipulatable anyways i don't know it's a very interesting position for them to be in that i'm not i would like to know more of and why and how they're allowed to then give loans out to the republic oh sorry to the separatists just kind of makes no sense because every state for example like a state wants to control its own currency and has a central bank right so then it's as if the U.S. went into another civil war and then was like, oh, the South, you want the Fed? Here you go. You can also access the Fed. That just kind of makes absolutely no sense. No, So no, not at all. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand what they were going for from the very, very beginning. So Padme doesn't really care about Tekla, her servant. I have the same note. <laughs> she gets she killed. Yeah. And just like she never questions that she hasn't come back. It's just like whatever. It's ridiculous. So the one thing that I liked um about this episode, I mean there are a few more things, but one thing that I like, it's kind of in the dark who Ambo is working for. And for for the longest time I thought maybe he's like he was hired as a, like for security or something for the bank. But then in the end, of course, it's revealed he works for Sidious. Yeah, that was a cool touch. I thought the same. But I guess now now we're getting into the um, our love tri triangle. The, the foreshadowing of what was to come. And one of the low points was when Padme called Anakin Annie. Literally chills. I hate it. <laughs> it's the worst. I, I cannot even... Why? Why, 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 why? She dropped it, which is good, at least. Yeah. But the first time, ugh. Yeah, and Anakin just needs to grow up. Like, seriously. Uh, there is an exchange uh, when, after they uh, see that Clovis's re residence is in shambles. Um, they kind of have a fight, Padme and Anakin do where Padme t tells Anakin, you don't seem to understand how important these files are. And I was like, no, fucking, of course he doesn't, because it's Anakin. He doesn't know any sh anything. Well, I mean, like, I like this... I don't want to say I like this portrayal of Anakin, but it kind of makes sense for Anakin to be this way. Yeah. Because of his character, and and he is controlling. And yeah, it's, absolutely. It's, just, it's just so weird to see him, though, in this way so different in how he treats you know the people in the jedi council not particularly the jedi council but ahsoka in particular and how he treats padme 
and how empowering he is to Ahsoka and how controlling he is over Padme. It's just a sad place for them to be, but somewhat a realistic depiction of someone being just like over controlling and blind yeah. in a relationship and thinking oh, yeah. it's born out of love. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so too. That's it's very realistic, unfortunately. <laughs> Fortunately, a lot of people are like that. And they confuse attachment with love in a way um, and or possession with love. Maybe that's a better way to put it. And Anakin is clearly that that's what's happening with him. And if you think about it, like he and he like met Padme when he was really young. They got married when he was really young. Like this is all that he knows. He has never had the emotional growth that you need as an individual to then see how, you know, it's not all wrapped up around you. Yeah. I mean, to be honest, I try not to think about it too much (laughs) (laughs) because, you know, she the age difference and the maturity and all of that it's a little weird yeah so we get back to coruscant and yoda is just like an errand boy now for palpatine yeah <laughs> uh. I, I forget what happens but yoda is just like summoned to go get people for him and i'm just like all right this is fucking yoda like how the how is this all right you know does isn't there servants to do this kind of shit yeah it's just like every single thing is just a master stroke by palpy he's like palpy <laughs> our best friend palpy he can stroke anakin's ego so well and his jealousy and he like clearly knows that there's something there he like intentionally pairs padme and clovis to work on this together and it's just like he knows how it's going to affect anakin and he's trying so hard his biggest po- we have seen his force powers in the previous season but i feel like his biggest his biggest skill must be time management because how the hell yeah right is he doing literally everything yeah it's crazy uh he runs the republic and like is simultaneously undermining it like via sith but also he just has time to like talk to people and have meetings and it's like how do you even do this it's crazy it's incredible and like also no personal details about everybody in a weird yeah. way it's a lot he deserves the empire he can just like all right good work by you yeah i was thinking about that while i was watching these episodes actually that i would really like to see like to see a show about how uh palpatine turns to the dark side oh that would be awesome i would really like that I wonder, like, was... I don't think he was ever, like, a Jedi. I thought he was trained straight into the dark side. Yeah, exactly. But, like, how did... Like, how was he, like, recruited? How did yeah. all that come to be? When did the um, the plan form in his mind and all of these things? Like, see, what... Just, like, how did he uh, become Palpatine or, or Sidious, I guess? Yeah, Basically, until cool. un, Until the point... So maybe and, uh, like a a, pl- a Plagueis Sidious centered show that'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be awesome. I agree. Just put it on the long list of TV shows you want to see. Yeah, <laughs> so many. So yeah, he, that's the point where um, Anakin tells Padme, "I don't want you working with Clovis." And the Imperial March subtly is playing in the background. Yeah. Um, he said, "As your husband, I demand." 
is something he says and is uh, i was just noting no no anakin that's not how that works yeah and i like how they make her fight back yeah and for she sure. defends herself and like the word when he says the word demand her face just like yep yeah i was like all right Th- that's the moment he screwed it up <laughs> yeah and it's really interesting the obi-wan scene when he comes in and yep. he says like you've met satine you know i have halberd feelings for her like obviously obi-wan knows what's going on he just doesn't know the extent of it mm-hmm. right and that's just and obi-wan understands the feelings more than anakin can even see because anakin like kind of he can explain to anakin but anakin can never really is never listening because anakin's yeah. just so consumed with his own feelings and his own sense of attachment yeah it was so well done by obi-wan as well like treading the line yeah of like he just he like just pulled it off and that was great i had the feeling that yoda was also suspicious at the beginning of the episode well i think yoda knows as well the whole time yeah like at, at least to the extent that obi-wan does i don't think either of them know how how far it's yeah. gone yeah that they're married which is the first thing that they did which is ridiculous but uh well whatever was he was anakin even of of age that's a really good point <laughs> maybe the marriage is null and void yeah screw it and then we should arrest padme for oh my god <laughs> but yeah then there's this like background scene of clovis and yeah like, nobody asked for this like what the fuck nobody cares <laughs> yeah that, that doesn't do anything uh and then we get the scene where they where anakin chokes clovis i like that scene they're like fist fighting <laughs> all of a sudden which is ridiculous <laughs> I liked it, them fighting each other. Yeah, yeah, it was just—it was just like comical. It was just so stupid, but it—it's very—it's a testament to their characters. Yeah, it is. It's also like I hate—I hate it when movies do this, where like one character is like "fight me like a man," and the other character is like "okay." It's like, no, I have a sword. I'm going to just like chop your head off if I want to. Yeah, exactly. It was like I would—I would—I would have just slammed him into the wall with the force or something. Yeah. <laughs> I know, fuck yeah. you. I'm not. That's like that would have been a really good re- like response to his earlier pilot comment. It was like, I'm not just a pilot. I am like I'm a really strong force user. So yeah. watch your fucking mouth, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it's I—I I was really surprised that clovis covers for anakin yeah me too. Uh, when the guards come in but i like i also like the animation when he's about to kill clovis basically and he just snaps out of it yeah and it's yeah, like cool. how like there's a fury and a rage inside him that he kind of just loses himself and that's the same fury that kind of propels his turn to the dark side later on yeah that even goes to show how you can't really tell what his the next move is whether he's enraged or whether he like whatever emotion is currently steering him you just can never tell yeah it's incredible he is just going through like multiple personality syndrome to a certain extent yeah and it's really difficult to see his fall or his turn um but you can now see when you're watching these episodes that it's all there i just had a flashback to the uh the first recall which is never a good thing to happen but and I know you hate Mace Windu, but I feel like in retrospect, Mace was kind of right in in terms of Anakin was too old already. 
because he was too old, he didn't really learn to control his emotions the Jedi way. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like you can Anakin is nothing but like a toy for his emotions. Like he can, he can never control himself no matter what the emotion is. He's just he has no self-control and that's I mean I guess <laughs> I guess it culminates in Vader who is super controlled, but as long as he is still Anakin there's nothing he can do. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. I mean calling mace right for just like following the books in this one instance i you knew and you were you weren't gonna let it slide no 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 <laughs> that's the part in which padme tells uh anakin marriage needs trust and our relationship is built on lies and deception i do like that scene though i like them questioning the nature of their relationship it's actually like you know in the movies they're portrayed as just like oh these lovers who love each other and have never like questioned anything and haven't ever gone through a tough time yeah but that's just not a realistic depiction of anything yeah i just i just love padme whenever she has a agency yeah which is not all the time <laughs> but when she More does so it here. i yeah exactly and it's like these two episodes especially like she has so much agency and i love it i was really surprised by the uh, medical droid being a servant of dooku yeah me too but it was all almost funny the way he said it i am actually a servant of count dooku and here is your facetime call <laughs> i mean you could never tr fucking trust dooku it's just so stupid close is an idiot yeah it's like you take that information straight to the jedi or whatever the fuck and that's what you do but he's a weakling so he got what he deserved kind of not kind of he did <laughs> yeah which he would have probably agreed with if everything had ended where it ended in this episode which is him in charge of the banking clan yeah true but there's another episode so yeah and i love how in the very beginning in uh, dooku is just so patronizing to clovis He's like, come, come, my boy. And all these things that he tells him. Is, and he like just outright is like, yeah, I got you. There's nothing you can do. And now you have to do what I say. Yeah, I mean, there is, that's the truth. Clovis gets even more bland, which was surprising. Like, there's like nothing he does ever. Like, he, he's just like a caricature. Well, at least in the first episode of this arc, he's just like, he has a plan. And he's hatching a plan to try to expose corruption. In this part, he just like he could literally just be a sticker on the wall, and yeah, he exactly. would do the same. Ah, fuck Clovis. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we probably—I mean, I hope—we won't get, uh, see anything of him in the future. <laughs> That'd be so funny. Oh, a whole God. season just dedicated to Clovis. <gasps> Spoiler alert! No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what uh, season seven is all about. Forget Ahsoka. It's just it's Clovis. just like. 13 or 12 episodes or however much it is just about clovis some backstory we get 12 we get <laughs> we get 12 episodes of backstory for a character that's already dead and nobody likes <laughs> <laughs> but at least now he's dead so you can yeah. that's a good result of these episodes it's very surprising as well to me that anakin actually voices his worry about padme to mace and yoda yeah yoda tells him let go of your selfishness uh you must if you are to see clearly but they still let him go 
Yeah, they let him go, and Anakin just says, I understand, Master. And I was like, do you, though? Are you sure? <laughs> yeah, this this episode in particular, I thought the plot was really weak. I did like the death by the commander on the... Commander Thorne, I think his name was. He's like the... Who, like, dies at the hand of all the droids. I found that, like, a nice death scene. That's about it. Oh, yeah, yeah. The attack scene was great. Like, the invasion was great. Yeah. Yeah, that that was probably the highlight of this arc. Yeah, for sure. But I like how they end up killing him. And he just like, yeah, it's a cool death. <laughs> and uh, I don't know if I'm just skipping ahead way too much, but at the That's end... That's fine. I'm done talking about these episodes. I'm just good, like, good, good, oh. good. Let's, let's, bre- let's quickly go through it. So Clovis says to Anakin, I didn't do anything wrong. You have to believe me. And I was like, ah, it's hard to believe you when you're taking Padme hostage, literally holding a gun to her head. Yeah. I was like, uh, I'm innocent. I'm I'm the victim here. It's like, uh, mm. maybe that would have been the point of just surrendering surrendering yourself to the Republic. I mean, probably wouldn't have helped because Palpatine would have ha- have would have had you killed one way or the other. But yeah, it's like, and he did things wrong. He worked with Dooku. Like, like he's not sin. Whatever the fuck, man. He's yeah. Uh, we're supposed to care about this character that we just give no fucks about. You remember that there's like a five year gap between, yeah, or five or six year gap between season six and season seven. Yeah. So there's like five or six years that this was the last season of Clone Wars. That is depressing. That's like Game of Thrones season eight level depressing. That's probably why they did the seventh season is because they didn't want it to end that way. Yeah. Smart. They could have pulled a George Lucas and just said, "No, we'll just, we'll just delete it from the internet. Like nobody will ever be able to see this ever again." I wouldn't have faulted them for that. Yeah, let's be honest. Ugh. Yeah. So on we go to the next and final arc. Yay! Ugh, finally, put Clovis behind us. Yes, but this one is a strange one as well. Yes, very strange. Very, very strange. Um. Okay, so in episode 10 of this season, Plo Koon is investigating a crash where he finds a lightsaber that used to belong to Master Sifo Dyas. Yoda then goes around Coruscant trying to figure out what's going on and ends up talking to Chancellor Valorum, who then directs them to go speak to the Pikes on Obadiah. Obi-Wan and Anakin go to investigate and they find Silman, a previous a two chancellor valorum locked up on obadiah but has gone crazy of course as soon as he's supposed to spill the very very important information he is forced choked by count dooku subsequently anakin and obi-wan fight count dooku and realize that he is actually lord tyrannus this unearths the fact that the clone war or the clone wars or the clone army was set up by Darth Tyrannus or Count Dooku and the Jedi Council decide to cover this whole thing up. Good thing you're separating this from the other episodes because of all the episodes we're talking about this one was probably the one I liked most. Yeah. And uh on so many levels and we'll get into this, but it starts very intriguingly I thought and also like the sandstorm and all of that, it was just beautiful. I really liked it. Yeah. I like Wolf. Anytime I see Wolf, um, I just love his name. <laughs> yeah. I was really hoping to get some more Blow Coon action here, but. Sad, right? 
It's like, give me, I want a, an actual Plo Koon season would be great, yes. let's be honest. Yeah, I was reminded of, I think it was last episode, where uh, I was wondering about Cypher and you said something, and now, now, <laughs> like, my, my question was answered. Yep, that's why I was like, <laughs> I was silent. Yeah. yeah, it made so much sense. Yeah, there are actually, like, a few, in, it was, like, a really good investigation episode. Yeah, I was really intrigued by, you know, Cypher file being sealed. And then, okay, so it was the Chancellor's office. And of course, it was the Chancellor's office. But then it turns out that it wasn't actually when Palpatine was Chancellor, but when it was Valorum. Which is kind of cool. Like, I was wondering where Chancellor Valorum was. And as we find out, he's just hanging out on a mansion. Yeah, as you do. Palpatine is, like, acting really well when the Jedi, uh, like, interrogate him. Which is just a funny thing on a meta level, where it's like an animated an animated show. It's like the artifice is like it's not just a show, but it's also animated. And then you say like the character's acting was good, but yeah, he uh, Palpatine just rules literally. The one thing that made me throw um, tempted to throw my laptop against the wall was when Obi Wan is talking about the Felutians. He says, this yeah. is a primitive people we're dealing with. And I was like, again, this is season six. It's like the mid-2010s. What the fuck? Yeah, it's not a great look, let's be honest. And also, like, I don't remember the Felutians being that... Um... No, they, we, we've encountered them before. I remember really liking them. I think, wasn't it the Seven Samurai episode? Yeah, yeah, they were great. Yeah, they were amazing. I don't They're know like what... They're like farmers and everything. They can speak. Yeah. They're not primitive exactly all we yeah. want get it together i love that yoda is voicing his frustration about the chancellor yeah i, I forget what he says but he's like oh yeah as always i didn't get very far with with palpatine or whatever yeah. he says yeah. i really like that that was like a really brief glimpse glimpse be, behind the uh, facade but uh, like and then in the next scene i love it when palpatine palpatine flexes and he when he force chokes dooku yep like on the force time or whatever the fuck it's just like holy shit that's intense that's the first time we've seen this right him force choking dooku yeah such a power move it's also weird because they're both like old men yeah right dooku though he's also like really badass when he arrives on the planet and the two pike guards are like you're not welcome here and he just like throws them off the thing yeah Uh, like pretty pretty amazing and the fight between the three of them was pretty great that was beautiful. I love that fight. Yeah. I think it's really well animated. And I like the reveal of Tyrannus. It wasn't Sidious saying, or it wasn't Dooku saying anything wrong. It was the Pikes coming in and yelling, you're not welcome here, Tyrannus. And yeah. that clicked. You know, we've complained a lot about when a bad person just does, or an antagonist does something silly for no reason. And that's what ruins the plot. But in this case, it wasn't really Dooku's fault. It was a result of circumstances. My question was, like, how does he know where to find Silman? How does he know that Silman is alive, that he's at the Pikes, all that stuff? Yeah, that's a little conveniently done. And as you mentioned in your summary as well, it's like, of course, like, the literal second he's about to, like, he has been in in there for, like, there for 10 years, and, like, the second he's about to spill the beans, like, it just so happens that Dooku is there as well. Yeah. But I like the, um, the line that Silman tells them that he wanted to be Sifo-Dyas. 
Mm. So that at the very beginning of the whole, it wasn't Sifo Dias that actually, so the Kaminoans were wrong. They thought they were dealing with Sifo Dias, but they were actually dealing with Count Dooku. That's oh, how I read um, the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. But that's again headcanon a little bit because it's like everything, everyone just presumes that it was Sifo Dias who ordered the clones. Mm. And the Kaminoans as well just assume it was Sifo Dias, but the strange figure came to them and told them that he was Sifo Dias. I see. Yeah, that that would make sense. Because like from all we hear, uh, Sifo Dias was a pretty like, he was definitely not leaning towards the Sith or anything. No, but I think he was just radical enough that people would believe that it was Sifo Dias who ordered it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting as well. Like he's like the special, like Valorum's special investigator. Yeah. So we have another Jedi who is really close to um, the Republic and maybe not so much to the Jedi Order. Oh, that's another interesting idea as well. But I thought the um, the discussion the Jedi have about what to do with that this information was really interesting oh my god <laughs> we again have like people trying to cover their ass that's it it's just people covering their fucking asses and they know that dooku created the clone army and windu his only thing that he says is public fucking opinion yeah and i'm just like Ugh. like i get it i i get yoda's argument more so like these the clones yeah. have proven to be good soldiers they're good humans like we want to take we don't want to like ruin their lives or whatever right and i get that i don't get like just doing it for public opinion it's just it's just so cold and calculating and just inhumane just like ugh. yeah exactly yeah that's what i meant as well like I'm, i mean come on i of course i meant yoda not windu um, <laughs> yeah and it's it's a really interesting thing that yoda says as well is um it's not the right path but it's the only one <laughs> Yeah, and it's like yeah, but that also means that the Jedi went into, like to their demise knowingly. Yep, and that just again shows you how blinded they were and how ignorant. Yeah, because they knew it was so coming. Many paths. Yeah, they they knew it was coming. There are so many paths. Like you could do so many things, and you can phase out the clones and do what literally what the Empire did and start recruiting actual soldiers. Yeah, oh, so frustrating. That's what makes me think that this was like really close to the end of the war because this is at the point where, you know, there's not enough time for them to change so many things. Mm -hmm. but, you know, we'll see. Yeah, that makes sense. All right. Then we have a three episode arc directly following this in which Yoda hears the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn through the force and is disturbed by what he's heard. They are debating whether or not this is an actual will of the Force or a manipulation by the dark side. And as a result, they put Yoda through an induced meditation in which he hears Qui-Gon tell him to go to Dagobah. Yoda then, with Anakin's help, escapes Coruscant and goes to Dagobah, learns about the Force, and then is directed to another planet, which is hidden by a large array of force gas, I guess is the only way to explain it, that hides the fact that the planet is there. And he is put to the test by cosmic beings who are revealed to be passed away and have um, kept their consciousness in death. He face, faces two tests on the planet, one which can only be described as a Smeagol ghost, 
and another one where he gets a vision of a temptation of a peaceful world. And then he is then he's directed to go to the Sith home planet of Moraband, where he meets more Sith, more ghosts, this time Sith ghosts, including the ghost of Dark Bane, Darth Bane, and other force force tricks by the Sith. He is then confronted by Dooku and Palpatine through another vision in which he then learns to sacrifice his own self and is not breakable by the 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 Sith of his time. And in the end, he passes, and the Force beings tell him that Qui-Gon will be in touch to continue his training of how to live after death. Such All weird right. episodes. Weird episodes, right? There Strange were parts of it on. that I really loved. So the first question that I have, I, I, lo- I loved Yoda and R2 traveling together. But does that mean that in episode five, R2 is going to Dagobah and he's thinking like, not again? Yep, like probably. He, when he <laughs> sees, when they encounter Yoda, he knows what's up and Yoda probably does as well. I mean, of course, that's a huge retcon, but and I, like nobody ever had the gumption to ask R2, like, do you happen to know where this be, this guy Yoda is? Again, droids are criminally mis- uh, misrepresented and misunderstood and not given their true value. Mm-hmm. L3 was right. Yeah, and so many things. Um I think the thing that I dislike most about this episode are the uh, forest beings. Yeah, me too. Their faces are freaking weird too. Yeah, it was just like It was really funny. It was like a mix of uh, no face from Spirited Away, like visually. Yeah. Uh but they also it reminded me of uh, Inside Out and in, like the sense that they're like different emotions or like different yeah. out yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know. I didn't like them much. I liked the fine. The neutral one was fine. Whatever. She's the guide. But then the other ones that came in and chimed in with weird voices and one note feelings just didn't make any sense to me. No, not at all. The representation of Qui-Gon was weird as well with this glowing. That was very video gamey in a way. Yeah, kind of. It's like your guide in the video game. It's just like a couple lights that you literally have to follow. Yeah. Yeah, not a huge fan. Why didn't they just have him show his, himself? They give a bogus reason about like, yeah, it's. Pe- I, I even forget what they say, but my training is incomplete, is what he said. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, it surprised me that the Jedi didn't know that Dooku wasn't the master. Yeah, that really surprised me too. Like, you think that he they know the whole time that it's Sidious, or not not Sidious at least, but like that he's an apprentice, but. Because they didn't know with um, Maul. When Maul was killed, they weren't sure, right? That was Mm. clear in episode one. Yeah. uh, Because they had to tease the fact that there was a master hidden somewhere. And by this point, though, come on, guys. You really are blind. Yeah. Really makes you wonder, what do the Jedi know? Nothing. (laughs) Exactly. I really like the, um, the depiction of Yoda here like it becomes really clear how much the whole experience of qui-gon reaching out has shaken him and he just like looks like an frail old man and i'm sure you hated it because you love yoda but i think like it was really powerful no i love that i found it amazing how they depicted him that way i like the old man vibes and also i I found it very touching how much they cared for him yeah. In a way that other people were noticing that he was 
like going through a very tough time. Yeah, the only thing that I hated was this group meditation. Oh, that was weird. I didn't like, okay, I didn't like the scene in the council, but I actually did like the montage afterwards as they're like mm. passing through Coruscant and kind of like showing the different layers of the city a little bit. But, you know, when they're just all huddled up holding on to each other, I was like, yeah, this is not great. Yeah, what's this kind of strange group hug? Kia di Mundi, as always. <laughs> Such a sports sport. Like, oh, Love, might... man. Yeah, yeah. I was like, get out of here, man. You suck. Yeah, yeah. He is really not, not cool. Uh, is he like the least cool Jedi, maybe? I think so. He's just like, well, actually, he's like an internet nerd. Oh, yes. Oh, he's the worst. If like Plo Koon is probably the coolest Jedi, he's probably the least cool Jedi. And the one scene in the council where everybody notices that Yoda is clearly not paying attention. It's just Yoda just tries to cover it up by saying something that sounds profound, but it's just like, I don't know, some fortune cookie shit. <laughs> it was like, it doesn't work. Um, but later on, he says something that I thought was really great. Um, that, you know, the, uh, the, da the danger is not knowing the truth. Yeah. And I thought that that was really cool. Yeah. So so we get kind of get the um more playful Yoda here too. So we get like basically all of Yoda in the first episode, like the frail old one, but the insecure one, the wise one, but also the playful one when Anakin visits him. And ah, yes. <laughs> he's like, I I thought like yeah, he goes to the right person to help him escape and Yoda explicitly says disobeying like your expertise is disobeying the council. And yeah, he has like a really mischievous smile, and I, I love that. <laughs> no, I liked I I like seeing more of Yoda. I wish we got more um, of him, not maybe in this capacity, but you know, just his little jokes and his quirkiness, yeah. which was is kind of missing throughout this entire show. Yeah, I feel like this is the middle ground between the prequels and Episode Five. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And then and then he go he does escape with Anakin's help and ends up in Dagobah. And yeah. we start to get a lot of information about the living force and the cosmic force and the role of everything through things. A lot of blah blah. But yeah. uh it was like the what they were saying was very much not interesting, but you know, we were there when the expansion of the Jedi's knowledge about the force happened, so that's great. Just the particulars yeah. I couldn't care about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That we learned how this works. Yeah. This whole process. It made me question a lot about, you know, there's uh, the sequel trilogy. <laughs> and like how, and also like the, the the original trilogy in its redone form and how Anakin shows up at the end of the film and his like mm. Force Ghost, however, like not being trained on how to do it. And it just seems like the, Yoda had to go through so much to train how to figure out how to do this whole thing um and it just like made no sense to me how now every jedi can do it and then at the end when ray is about to die or whatever and all the jedi are speaking to her from the yeah. from beyond the grave and it's like no 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 <laughs> like it's just like oh, i mean it's it episode so nine angry. yes but it's also like in episode six and it's in the remake and to yeah, a but certain that's because it's the remake yeah, and to a certain extent, Luke. I mean, Luke makes a little bit more sense because he was actively trained by 
Obi-Wan and Yoda, and they could have conceivably trained him. Um, ah, it makes me so angry, um, these discontinuities. And it really actually makes me wonder how Dave Filoni will fix the sequel trilogy. Because he's somewhat fixed, not fixed, but he's helped to fix the prequels. And how will Dave Filoni now help to fix the sequels? Oh, I never thought about that. That's so interesting. Wow, now, now I'm getting very excited. Right. Speaking about uh, speaking of excited, um, Yoda gets his very own cave scene, and yeah, they're like his yes. own. Uh, it's the same he, cave, right? We're just confirming it's the same. Cave. Yeah, uh, it must okay, be. Good. <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. And he sees all the Jedi's death deaths, which was I thought really powerful, and very well, like visually represented. Um, and yeah, it's it's just so it's such a funny inversion to me as well that. He asks Qui-Gon so many direct questions and re- only receives indirect or no answers. It's like, yeah, Yoda, how does it feel, huh? <laughs> oh, so good. The tables have turned. I like this idea that this was all like spite by Qui-Gon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I had to endure this for 10 years while I was your Padawan. And now, muhaha, with the powers of the Force behind me, I can just be a bitch about it. It was really sad to me to see Yoda leave R2 behind on the second episode. Yeah, it right. was a little... I was, I was just noting down something about how great it is, you know, that they travel together. Um... And then he's just like, yeah, you'll be safer here. Bye. And yeah. Whee. I mean, the Off little second where he, like Yoda rides R2 and R2 blasts away. That like <sighs> little scene. It was so cute. So good. Yeah, I love that. Um, so, yeah, we get the uh, force beings. That's boring. I don't know. The like battling his own dark side was was fine, I guess. Yeah, like, I think it's all right. It's like the message is all right. You have to accept the dark side inside of you instead of just pushing it away um it was it was way too on the nose but yeah but yeah th- that's fine like i don't mind it being on the nose but it's just juxtaposed with yoda guessing for five minutes who it is that doesn't uh, make any yeah. sense to me yeah that's the point. that's the thing that i th- thought was infuriating but i like that the the um uh, the shadow side or like the dark side of him said that it grows stronger the longer the war lasts and that was a really i thought that that was a really great statement because i don't know like that's true for society at large oh yeah society gets shittier and shittier as the war goes on is that what you're trying to say yeah as we get accustomed to death and war and destruction that become we become desensitized to it to a certain extent yeah Yoda is about to defeat his dark side and he says, you're part of me, but you don't have power over me. Yeah. What did you think of the second one? The Valley of Extinction or whatever. Valley of Extinction? The Temptations one. That was a, the second trial. It was just oh, with the, the, with the visions, you mean? Yes. We got, we got Ahsoka. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was like the one time she makes an appearance, kind of. I thought it was heartbreaking to see him go through the first one where he is saying like he wasn't strong enough he has failed yeah that was really sad also because again like the voice acting was really good in that scene um just the way his voice breaks 
was very was very convincing and uh, yeah the illusion of peace thing was just i don't know that was just very boring what's odd to me is that if the war had never happened how is anakin also there mm mhm isn't that an, that's an interesting question cuz the in the first shot i didn't see him and then i saw him later as they made a point to show him and i'm like huh that's odd yeah it's also weird that the only thing that that the only change is that dooku's there and Qui-Gon's alive. Yeah, and Qui-Gon is alive. But like we do, there is like apart from that, like the the makeup of the people is literally the same. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wonder if there are other Jedi like that we die that we don't really think of too much that are alive as well in the background. Maybe we want to miss something. Um but the the ones that are obvious are the big characters, clearly. Yeah. Um, and one thing, I love the little Ahsoka thing. I like yeah. how she asks, like, will I be a Jedi? Like and that's like that is the question for Ahsoka in some ways. Is is she a Jedi? Is she not if she's not part of the Jedi Order anymore? And also like her accusing him of expelling it's oh, it's so good. I know Ahsoka's only there for like not even there really, um, but on screen for like half a second. But she steals the episode for me. And that yeah, of course she does. <laughs> but I feel like she's only there because that's like they wanted to have her in the season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's literally the only reason why she's there. Um yeah. because it could have been anyone else. But also I think for Yoda's perspective is that like one of the manifestations of his failure is the way that he betrayed Ahsoka in particular. True. And I think it just shows that he has guilt towards them or towards her in particular. And that's why she kind of appears to him in that moment. Mm. So shall we go on to the the final episode? Tomorrow band. Yeah. So the Sith language that we see on the tomb of Darth Bane, it yeah. just looked really dwarvish to me. Like mm-hmm. Lord of the Rings style dwarvish. It's just like, that's just a really cheap copy. Yeah. And then the whole discussion that Darth Bane and Yoda have is just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know. The voice effect was ludicrous. Well, I'm like, I actually, in retrospect, feel bad for spoiling that information for you. I'm the one, but like, because I forgot that it's in this yeah. episode, not going to lie. It wasn't really consequential <laughs> for anything. Yeah. So no, it wasn't. It does good matter. background story on the Sith in terms of how yeah. they were created. That's true. Um, but yeah, it was also a weird thing, like an obvious info dump of bane asking him oh do you know who i am and then yoda's like, yeah you're darth bane you're the one who invented the rule of two blah 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 and yeah. I was like, oh come on really sloppily done yeah and the uh the illusion of cyphodias to tempt yoda was just it was so badly so done if obvious. they're trying to imitate yeah if they're trying to imitate a jedi that's so such a bad imitation you should know better yeah we had get this really nice vision of uh, anakin executing dooku though in the I same way like that. that's yeah. so good i really like that that whole section and also kind of like i don't know if it's intentional or not it was like palpatine was force lightning anakin and that's kind of like how anakin does mm, die in the end that's true yeah yeah i wonder so all all of this comes to be through sidious and dooku right they're like convening to do this vision yeah and i wonder because we were talking about it last time about does Dooku know? Like, what does Dooku know? What's what's part of the plan? 
like does he see this this thing happen where anakin executes him <laughs> you know yeah right yeah but city is just being you know dastardly evil you, know, you cannot stop what is to come um we get the lightsaber fight and yeah as you mentioned like yoda uses the force to save anakin and is sacrificing himself uh which is also kind of a foreshadowing of what happens yeah. in a way yeah um yeah and in the end yoda is telling the uh i i don't think it's the entire council but he tells obi-wan and mace that you know winning goes beyond the clone wars and i thought that, that was just a really great note to end on oh for sure i think it's a great note i found one of the things that i found confusing is why is there a vision where they say there is another skywalker like what like, yeah i don't understand they tell him that right um but at this point that's kind of pointless and it's false as well unless anakin has a sister and then we're all really fucked i'd love that no but i thought that that was actually like nice not not that but they tell yoda that he is going to train the one who will bring um like balance to the force which is true he does train luke yeah i do like that that part's nice i the only thing i'm confused about is why are they saying there is another yeah that was again two on the nose just makes no sense um the way we breeze through that arc shows that we like it's not that interesting no it's just like i wanted it to be more interesting because it explores the religion a little bit more talks about things it's yoda just going off and doing his own thing but i just like i felt bored by it yeah it demonstrates how like yoda and and obi-wan and everyone just learns to be force ghosts and be one with the force and whatever um and for that to be a three-episode arc that's just super boring, it's just kind of a yeah. letdown. It could have been easily two, probably. Yeah, like, or or just three with a better plot. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We have now finished the underwhelming second half of season six. Yeah, I have I have high expectations of season seven just because it is so recent. Because mm, there is a five-year gap. Yeah, and I guess they were they knew that that was literally really going to be the last season, so they maybe were giving it all. I mean, it's never good to have any high expectations about anything, Chris. I you know. know this. I just I just I just want Ahsoka to be in there. Well, we will find out when we watch. We will, won't we? Going into our last season of Clone Wars. Can you <sighs> so sad. But I'm also really excited to watch Bad Batch and Rebels and everything. Exactly. We still have another seven seasons of television to watch. So (laughs) don't feel that sad. So for our next episode, for the first half of season seven, we will be watching episodes one through eight. I'm so excited. Let's do it. Yes. If you like what you heard, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Five stars. If you didn't like the show, why are you still listening? Five stars. If you want to get in touch, there are a few ways you can do that. Email. Write us an email to hello at serialhook.com. Website. You can check out our website and suggest future topics at serialhooked.com. Twitter. You can find us on Twitter at serialhooked. If you like the show, tell a friend or ten and write us on Apple Podcasts. It really makes a difference and helps people discover the show. 
the funny thing was like i wasn't planning to do that but i just yawned (laughs) (laughs) nice (laughs) so i did i did the first yawn unintentionally and then the rest were just like and then then the second middle ones they weren't intentional and then i actually started yawning by the end because i started faking yawning it's a perfect example of yes and yes and Any Jedi was like could have been right there. Just he's a fucking coward. Um, sure. Whatever. Sure. Fine. <laughs> yeah. Mm. So yeah, that that's also the point when even Padme... a broken clock is right twice a day. <laughs> Sorry. What? <laughs> Darth Bane. Sorry, that name gets me every time. Right. Um, you can edit around that, right? Yeah, and then the whole discussion that Bane and Bane... Where's the trigger? Um, 